0: Amy Weber and welcome to my podcast Amy Weber Unleashed. I am so excited to have Christina on the podcast today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. You look amazing. Thank you. So do you. I mean it's hot as hell out there. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real. Oh my goodness. I was really excited. I mean I'm not supposed to... John, producers say, don't research your guests, but I kind of wanted to figure out like who you are a little bit. We haven't met before. right? And I figured like we are kindred spirits. So yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you today and kind of get an idea of where you came from and how you kind of got to where you are today. So can you tell me, were you, you know, born in Las Vegas or California? Is your family, you know, into fitness or tell me how it all started?
1: Gosh, we're going to go way back. Um, I was born in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, Grew up in Florida. I was there until I was probably in middle school and came out to California. We moved to Palm Desert, and I spent middle school and high school in Palm Desert, and then knew I wanted to get out of there right away. Yes. Like afterwards, <laughs> it's nice to go back now, but as a kid, there's really nothing to do there once you're out of high school. It's just not inspiring at all, so everybody leaves. Yeah. So I went to the most beautiful place I could think of close by, which was San Diego and started going to college in San Diego and spent the next, I wanna say 10 years kind of bouncing around between San Diego into LA and then wound up in Orange County before I wound up in Vegas two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, so like San
0: Diego, did you go to UC San Diego? Did you go to?
1: So when I moved out, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I, and I've always been this kind of person where i I've been looking for different like little things to just spark my interest. And at the time I didn't really know what I wanted to like do when I grew up. So I was going to junior college and working in the restaurant industry, just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I always was good at hair and makeup and my mom always told me that that was something that I really should look into. But of course, because my mom told me, I was like, no mom, you're wrong. Right? (laughs) so didn't do it. But long story short, stumbled into Paul Mitchell and at the time was going to a junior college out there. I was going to Mesa and I was going for interpersonal communications um, and leadership, things like that. Just things to kind of enhance what I normally did. Sure. And stumbled upon the Paul Mitchell school and it lit a fire for me. It it changed my whole idea of what it w- meant to be a hairstylist. It it showed me a, a career, not just, you know, doing little haircuts at supercuts. Like it opened my eyes to what I could actually be as a hairstylist and all the potential I could have. So
0: that's amazing. Beauty school. Yeah. So you did beauty school for a while. I asked about San Diego because I knew whenever I would go down for auditions, I would pass that amazing like church on the left hand side, like the In ice. La Jolla the ice castle church. (laughs) So I found myself, of course, because I'm like way too like interested in things actually going inside I didn't know what kind of what it was I was like I have to go see this frozen church you know (laughs) and so um
1: I guess it's the Mormon it is yeah I had no idea either
0: (laughs) yeah and so I got to find out like a little bit about that religion and I think they pray for their uh, people that have already passed there's Mm -hmm. like a room and then I got a little freaked out and so I was like yeah it's I'm just gonna just yeah drive by and appreciate it from afar (laughs) you can't miss it either off the so pretty. I never knew what it was. So that's yeah. that's like my fond memories of going to like, San Diego. <laughs> for, well, because I was living in L.A., I was in the entertainment industry for 30 years. So I would literally drive for an audition over two hours and then drive home in one day. And Sounds familiar. Like, what are you doing? I'm like that's what you do. That's the you you hustle. Yeah. You hustle. Yeah. I mean, you're if you think you're going to be at CAA or ICM and you're going to be in the elevator and someone's going to discover you, it's you're, not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and there's there's I I spent so many years doing that after college to getting into the entertainment industry and going through a lot of rough patches with that industry too and driving from San Diego to LA to do auditions and getting slapped in the face a couple times, not literally, but just, you know, it's a cutthroat industry, but you're right. If you don't take those moves to actually like
0: make it happen, it's It's not not going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so you did, obviously you're still interested in the, you know, beauty industry and what got you into fitness and wanting to help
1: other people. Yeah. So I always, and I still do love the beauty industry as I'm still in it, but I definitely got burnt out for a while. But when I got into fitness, it was because I was getting into a funk in my life. I had always done gymnastics and cheerleading growing up. And so I was always in shape. But then when I moved to San Diego, I was freshly 21. So instantly partying took over and took precedence over everything. And so one day I woke up and I was like I am so freaking unhappy with how I look. Yeah. And it was just a wake up call I'll never forget the day I looked in the mirror and I was like this is not this is not what I want to be like. Yeah. I don't want to be this person that's wasted every, you know, chance I get and eating shitty foods and not liking the way I'm looking because it has a rollover domino effect on how you feel, how you're showing up for life. Which is crazy. People think it's
0: just right. So, oh, you, all you care about is how you look. And, it's you know, that. it's such not a vanity thing. And I can tell you, my mom was obese. So mm-hmm. my mom was five foot tall and about 300 pounds. And the most unhappy person, I mean, she would do the cabbage diet. She would do every diet yeah like not a lifestyle change but all the fads and i just saw just how it affected every aspect of her life just that inner just she just felt so shitty you know all what around. I mean all around yeah. shit so it's like you don't feel good inside guess what your marriage is shit you're not a good mother it yeah. just affects everything so I mean for me it's like when someone takes control of not just like their just their whole self well being right it just the things that can open up for them are just endless really
1: it is and that's another reason why I try and start talking about this more and more because I've been able to have my eyes opened up and I want to continue having that rollover effect on anybody else I can kind of come in contact with because it did change my life and it definitely had it's like ups and downs and ebbs and flows and I'm like get in it get out of it get in it and now I'm just it's never going away but I think after that moment I found myself in a I forget what they called it but they were looking for like a testimonial group okay. I guess for this like boot camp and I <laughs> remember applying for it and I got in and I was like oh crap that must it's be not accountable I'm really, yeah. yeah and maybe <laughs> I am actually out of shape like where I shouldn't be yeah But I was like okay this is like the kick in the ass I need and so I went into it and I for the first time kind of built my confidence back because I didn't know anything about working out I had only known it from like team sports and team dance and cheer to stay in shape so it was like opening up my eyes like okay this is what I need to do to actually keep my body healthy and then from there it just you know it had a domino effect on where I went with fitness Um, I was in a really good place went through a really bad breakup in San Diego and moved to LA moved in with my sister to start over and kind of found myself back in the same spot again. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> yeah. how did I get here? But I mean, in your early 20s, like it is a lot of learning lessons. Yes. So found myself kind of doing that again and hired my first online coach, which is what I do now. So it's kind of funny to see wow, how full things- circle. Yes, completely full circle. So that kind of like launched that again. And when I was in Orange County, um, a, UFC, a UFC gym opened up. And I found myself, you know, kind of in that same place and started taking classes, got a trainer, you know, felt way better about myself and then started actively like kind of getting a new mindset change. And it was helping me get out of my anxiety, my depression, my any, any like weirdness that I was feeling in my normal life was starting to dissipate. Yeah. So it was the common denominator was pouring back into myself. Right. And I did get a lot of pushback because, you know, you always have those people in your life who are like, oh, gosh, you're so full of yourself. You're so you're concentrating so much in yourself or you're obsessive. And you're I'm spending like,
0: too much time in the gym. Right. Like, yeah.
1: But no one really tells you that if you're at the bar every weekend. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was just interesting. I had to kind of drown out the noise because I was realizing that I was starting to be better. Right. And yeah, that started kind of getting me into posting about it on social media, which that was hard too, because now you're showing the world or whoever is following you and more pushback comes. But I just knew that I was doing it for a reason. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. No, it's fantastic. I
0: know I, um, I talk a little bit about, you know, just social media in general and how it's just such a farce, you know what I mean? With all the filters and stuff. And so for mm-hmm. someone to be really brave and to kind of show, Right. Um, You know, what what you can actually naturally do just by putting the right things in your body and the Mm -hmm. right foods. And I mean, it's it's funny. I don't have a great relationship with my own mother. Unfortunately, Um, there was just a lot of kind of jealousy. It's kind of strange. I'm a mom now. I have twins. Um, I had them late in life. I'll be 51 in July. Don't even look it. (laughs) And so um, I was really kind of scared to have kids because, again, like my mom, her life was just so, um, she just was never happy, right? And she had such an unhealthy relationship with food. And I remember she had said to me at one point, you know, God gave you too much. It's Mm -hmm. like not fair you know and i thought how are you supposed to respond to that like that but how do you say that to your kid yeah right i mean you want the most for your child like for my child like i have a daughter or son i'm like i want her to be the most beautiful person in the room i want her to be smarter than me i want more for her than i ever have had and so um you know it's funny because i I just had this thing where, you know, for me, I went sort of, not like I wasn't bulimic or anorexic, but I just always said to myself, because she blamed me for being fat. Mm. She's like, well, because I had you that's why i'm fat and so i was like well you know so after yeah. i had my twins i was on the cover of maxim six months later so you're like, because so. i'm like <laughs> i'm not going to use that excuse but it kind of got like i think there's just this balance right and like there's so many fads and there's so many things out there i mean look i wrestled for the wwe so i was offered every steroid out there that would be a quick fix right and i think that um i think it's really hard to find someone who's not just going to peddle right because this, there's so
1: many easy ways there's so many people ways to get out of things exactly
0: and unless you have someone that's really going to like n- not only just hold your hand but really hold you accountable that's going to be a really good coach right and it's going to really help you with all aspects of your life i just feel like people are setting themselves up for failure i mean mm-hmm. i get these all the time 8 week program or rock hard ass you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's just those like
1: selling words it's like the quick sale you right. know cuz you get attached to those things because that's what you want
0: so tell me how you help, how does your program um, help people? Are you just an all around, are you
1: food and you are you
0: supplements and your workout?
1: So it's definitely changed because when I first started coaching, it was actually after I started competing and I had a lot of girls reaching out to me with these kinds of questions like, oh my gosh, like you're so motivating, you're so inspiring, I wanna look like you or things like that, like what do you do? And I started sharing my journey and I started trying to be as relatable as possible and share the, the nitty gritty of it and like what it actually takes to do this. And it takes time. Yeah. And so after I got a little bit more established, I started offering nutrition and fitness online coaching and that was pretty much all it was. And then it started growing. And then I started realizing when the pandemic hit that there, were, there was a common denominator like problem. Yeah. And the problem was with the girl's confidence and mindset and I was going through a very hard year myself. No one really knew, and people probably have no idea what I was dealing with inside. I had a really good way of like not putting it out there. Now my friends tell me they look back and they're like, Christina, we, we could see it all over your face, but we're your friends, right? you know? But what I realized is during the pandemic, we needed to be there for each other as far as like my clients and myself. So I started setting up these Monday motivation calls, these Zoom calls for my girls that were in the in the group. And I kind of opened it up to people who weren't being coached by me at the time. Just come in, let's discuss like what we're all going through. We'll pick a topic and we'll chat about it. And then it started taking off. And I'm like, wait a second, like the I'm, I'm so confused because I was thinking it would be more about the food. It'd be more about the let's switch your training program that you had in the gym to now a home program because we're all stuck at home but they were like no I need this call wow and I was like okay I'm no life coach yeah I'm no like psychologist yes (laughs) but something that I was providing to them was helping them with confidence and it was so interesting because now when I look back at it it was what I was teaching them was everything I wound up needing to heal myself yes so it's so weird to look back at But so then my, I decided to kind of switch it and it's still kind of in the process of doing that. And so I brought a dietitian on my team to kind of take over all of the nutrition to offer another level, a more extended advanced level of nutritional coaching. I handle the fitness coaching and now I have a level of mindset coaching that goes with it, depending on like what kind of tier and involvement they want me in their life. And that's kind of what I'm trying to birth right now is that overall encompassing lifestyle coaching
0: yeah just because it goes somebody. hand in hand. I mean it really does. if you can't get your mind straight. Nothing else is going nothing's to happen. Nothing's gonna happen. I mean, you may stick with it for maybe I don't know, two, three weeks, but then something's gonna trip you up and you're gonna go right back. It all really just starts with what's happening in your head.
1: Oh my gosh. Right. It's How did insane. we get here?
0: I know. I was I was saying that I, I got hypnotized um, I guess about a week and a half ago mm. because I'm kind of coming from a really broken childhood myself, I don't know that I have a I mean, I, I don't know. My relationship with food is great. Mm-hmm. I know when I was, you know, I would date, you know, people that were on the cover of muscle fitness and you know, I was doing a lot of fitness stuff, but I was still like hiding like Reese's peanut butter cups in the, <laughs> in the, in the car because like, I didn't want them judging me. Cause yeah. I'm like, Oh, I just that want fits this
1: with your head. Yeah. i like, want
0: this chocolate, but I know if I eat it in front of them, they're going to give me the side eye about it, but yeah. I'm craving You're it. Like, I can't stop. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, obviously you couldn't hide a Reese's peanut butter cup in Las Vegas. Cause it would be like, oh God, all, yeah, over your all over your, seat. yeah but um but yeah so I you know still just trying to figure out at 50 years old like you know you can't walk around with anything inside of you that's like not completely like the chapter's been closed mm-hmm. or there's something that's open and I know you know the whole thing like if you hold a hot stone in your hand you're the one that's getting burned instead of the mm-hmm. one that you're throwing yeah there's all this but you know I kind of like all right It's not like I feel like I'm in bad shape, you know, I'm like comparatively, I think I'm doing pretty well, but I know where I can be. And I know what's, again, like I said, holding me back is that there are these things that happen in your life that you then somehow feel like you don't deserve it. Oh, my gosh. Right.
1: You don't deserve good things. Because that stuff gets trapped. Yep. Yep not just in your head, but in In your your physical body, in your body, Mm -hmm.
0: emotions get trapped. And I always say, because I had cancer twice, Mm -hmm. my mom took a drug when she was carrying me that gave me cancer. I had it first when I was 22 and then I had it again about three years later, but they caught it in time. So no chemotherapy for the second time, but you know, it's like our minds are so powerful and Mm -hmm. it's like, what takes one person that their mom was given this drug and they're a DES baby, but they didn't get cancer, but I did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know in some way, I'm not saying I asked for cancer, but I know in some way, the way that I process stress, I somehow manifested, manifested it and not purposely. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, I always say, you know, if you can make yourself sick and give yourself a stomach ache over stress, you the opposite is true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's up. Op- it's we're all energy, right? Yeah. I was trying to say this to my kids the other. Like, what do you mean? Because you know they
1: turned twelve. It's a hard concept to like wrap your head around. Yes, it's taken a long time, but it's kind of cool when you can start integrating it into kids' lives. Have you seen? There's a movie that came. Out, I think it's a Pixar movie called Soul. Yes. Okay, that was the first movie that I've seen that had that kind of background message for kids. And I'm like, this is so amazing because here we are, we grow up with all these like princess, you know, Disney movies that like um, fantasy. Yeah. Like a (laughs) Prince Charming's going to come and save us and rescue us. And why is it always fucking like that? And now I'm starting to see more things like this where it's talking about like spiritual, not kind of want to say spirituality, but just energy and like your purpose. Right? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much more clear and specific and how yeah. things should be versus filling kids heads with all of this bullshit.
0: nonsense yeah bullshit
1: so yeah i, know, I never kind of yeah idea. i never
0: lie to them it's you know if they ask me a question i'm really honest about it and um you know it's i'm a really empathetic person mm-hmm. so they kind of you know take that from me but i i really try to explain to them look you know um you're going to meet some shit people. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be some real shit people, but how you basically take in their energy or what they're giving to you, that's on you, your responsibility, your responsibility, mm-hmm. you, right. You're responsible for that because it's like, you can let someone ruin your day or you cannot. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was laughing because I'm like, it's funny to me that even, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily in the industry anymore. Like I'm don't go in the recording studio and sing. I'm not mm. on tour and I'm not doing movies. You know, real estate really is something that I love just because um, providing homes for people because I didn't have a good home. It kind of really hits my heart. It's and almost I,
1: like a healing. It is. Bit, it's yeah. cathartic. Definitely. Maybe that's why I like coaching so much. Oh yeah. Because, that's gotta be that same sentiment.
0: Right. Because you're, you're in a way, it's like, you know that that's something that maybe someone didn't do for Mm -hmm. you so the fact that you're able to give it to other people is incredibly healing absolutely but um but yeah it's like you uh you know you can only do what you can do and be your best and you just got to make sure that when people are giving you like shit that you make sure that you take it in but don't let it completely like shake you
1: yeah you know I'm still trying to find the secret like sauce for that because I spent a lot of my life letting things kind of bother you? It bother me yeah. and encompass me and I think that my mom is very sensitive. Okay. So and not that that's a bad thing. My mom's a freaking angel. Yeah. But she she is that person that takes it all on. And so I know I got those traits from her, which, like I said, again, it's not a bad trait. Yes. But you just I, have to have boundaries. You just have to have boundaries. And yeah. I don't think I had boundaries for a long time. Me neither. So I didn't really know how to put those boundaries in place because right. I didn't even, I don't think I knew what one was, really. I didn't know how to enforce a boundary. Right. And not just in relationships, but friendships, you know, anything, really. Anything. Work, friendships, yeah. relationships, parents, Yeah, Yeah, it goes into like people pleasing there's a lot of stuff that that it comes with but I had to take some kind of accountability and I'm like okay this is I have to put a stop to my side of it as well but it took me how many years to figure that out? Yeah. Sometimes you need to get slapped in the face a couple times, like with harsh realities to be like, okay, this is where it stops.
0: Well, yeah, because we all want to be liked, right? We yeah. all want to be likable. We all want to be liked. We don't want to be the bitch.
1: Yeah. You know what That's I mean?
0: Hard. Which is hard. But then at some point, I know I was saying to my husband the other day, I was like, you know, it's like I do so much for people in my job. Like I go so above and beyond for people and just to not even sometimes say, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you got, you, you got a million over asking and, you know, two months of free. It's like, you can't even utter thank you. yeah And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to kind of just continually remind yourself that um who you are and what you deserve and what you're capable of. And it's okay to basically, like, you know assert yourself right mm-hmm. because as women when we assert ourselves uh,
1: we're difficult or we're bitchy or whatever yeah, it that's is that's the most frustrating part right is people want people want you or even like a lot of men like want women to show up like that but if you show up like that oh it's they're too scared much. to death they run for the yeah, fuck it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's so contradicting sometimes so yeah. i think that is one thing as women we struggle with or i mean i don't know if i speak on all women's behalf, but I know I've struggled with her. I'm like, okay, so what is it? What, what do you guys want us to show up like? Right. Because is it too soft? Is it too much? Is it too this? It's too that? Like, so I kind of just got sick of hearing that and started just showing up as myself, but that's kind of where you grow that inner confidence and you don't really care anymore.
0: Yeah. And you know that you deserve a certain amount mm-hmm. of things and it's okay to say no. And it's yeah. okay to basically show up. It's okay to be proud of your body.
1: Yeah, That doesn't mean just Ugh.
0: because you're showing off your body it's, doesn't mean that you're sexualizing yourself. That
1: is, oh, I could talk for days yeah. about this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, look, I, it's hard, you know, being a mom, I think I, I even tell my kids, I go, look, you know, whatever you do from here on in is going to follow you. So you have to be really careful and be s- mindful. It's be mindful. I mean, my kids are not on social media. They're 12. I cannot keep it from them forever. But, you know, my... The longer the better. (laughs) Yeah, my generation didn't have this thing where, you know, you could say something that's going to now follow you to a job Mm. interview that is now going to be
1: blown up. Yeah, because now they're looking at your Instagram. They're looking at your Facebook. They're researching you before. They're not just taking your resume.
0: Absolutely.
1: So so how do you help someone that just doesn't have that con- I mean, where do you start with someone that just feels just like a total piece of shit? So I'm still trying to put together like programming for this because I do feel like there's a lot of like steps that people can take. And if someone came to me and they're like, I want to start from square one. I'm like, oh my God, Ooh. there's so much we can unpack yeah. and figuring it out. But I think deep down to it, we have to really get to a place where you're kind of ready to Peel back all the layers of what's really making you unhappy with yourself. Yeah. Because I don't think that people really know how to do that. Right. And they're just reacting to like surface level stuff, but. That's not really what's bothering them. Like it's something deep, deep deep down inside. So it kind of depends if if they came to me about their body, you know, I would probably talk to them about why they're feeling like this. Like, yeah. Okay. You don't like how your physical shell is looking, but what inside it, what are you feeling like inside? Like, what is it making you feel like as a person? Because when they can kind of dig deep, deep down there, they figure out why it's important to them, not just to aesthetically please the opposite sex or to look better in a bikini. Like there is more underneath it. There always is. Yeah. Always. Isn't so, that strange though? Like, I don't know how, how is it that, you know, men can
0: have like dad bobs, da- dad bods and have all the confidence in the world, but women, like if we don't look a certain way or we're not, we're holding ourselves, why do we have such high standards for ourselves? I'm
1: not sure. And I, rem- I always, when people bring this kind of thing up to me, I think of this one day, I'll never forget it. I was at Dre's beach club. I was two weeks out from my show, probably looking amazing. And I was standing in the DJ booth, with my friends and my bikini, like not wanting to dance. Cause I was like really feeling weird. And I'm looking out at the pool and there's like a larger woman and she is like getting after it. And I'm like, like living her best life, <laughs> thriving in this pool. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I love that for her so much. And I, I just, I'm like, I wish I had that confidence. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like yeah. they're, I think that no matter what kind of body you're in, if that's, I mean, I prefer a healthier body. So this is this is how I like to look in my shell and what I carry around on a day-to-day basis. But if she's happy, that is so amazing. And she has the confidence to go out there and not feel like anybody's going to shame her for not having like a fit body. Right. I just, that was like a really big wake-up call to me. And that reminds me that the guys who walk around, they're beer guys and they're happy as shit. And I'm like, okay, well, you do you. You do you, boo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there's also a little bit of um, like skinny shaming and like fit shaming that goes into it too that maybe that's what fucks with my head as well. Yeah. So it's just just hard being a woman, I think. And especially in this day and age with how things are and surgeries. And I mean- just everything. So it's just kind of messy. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to navigate.
0: Yeah. Someone asked me. They asked me to be on the cover of a magazine called um, Balanced Mom, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's really, <laughs> really disingenuous, <laughs> right? Because like they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I fucking don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Every day. So I don't think anybody really does. does. (laughs) You can pretend. We're just all trying to figure it out. I mean, you can goop Gwyneth Paltrow all you want. Like, yeah, got it all figured out. But it's like, no one has it figured out. Trust me. I've got the most, to me, the most amazing, respectful, lovely children. I mean, I'm leaving. They're like, we love you so much, mom. You're going to kill it. Like, they're awesome. They're 12. You know, even my daughter's like, mom, you're my favorite person in the whole entire world. Like, what 12-year-old says that? Right? Normally, it's just like, get away, you know, get out of my... we just have the bet. we we laugh, we have the greatest relationship. And it's just like, you know, but still, even with that, it's like, oh my God, I'm on my 12th load of laundry because we went to the lake and we've got all, you know, and the beach towels and I've got my two dogs and I've got to figure out groceries. And then I've got, you know, whatever, three things in escrow and four coming and meeting people. It's, I don't know. Every day is just that, that sort of plates, mm-hmm. keeping those plates yeah. sort of spinning. And I don't know, I've never met a guy, I don't know that- it feels the way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I really have. If you're out either. there.
1: Yeah. Contact me. I'd love, <laughs> love, love to have a chat. I'd love to talk to you, figure out I how you're
0: talk. handling it. But I don't know. Maybe we just expect too much from ourselves. Maybe that's what it I is. I
1: think we all are very hard on ourselves with that kind of thing. I personally have never known anything different yeah. than spinning 10 plates at the same time. Yes. I've always been this way. And I've had people tell me, like, oh, you're taking on too much, or you're doing too much, or you would be more successful if you just did this. Or I'm like, shut the fuck up. I like what I'm doing and I'm very happy. Right. But I've still been trying to figure out the recipe for success. And, you know, my friends or somebody could tell me, like, Christine, you're so successful. Like, you're doing really well. And I'm like, inside, like, some days I'm cracking. You know what I mean? Just yeah. trying to figure out what's best, and if I am doing the right thing. Yeah. So that is a lot of pressure, and not mm-hmm. that I, I, I obviously asked for this. I asked for this job. I asked to show up on. I put myself on social media. I'm not trying to play this like pull the sympathy card or anything. Yeah. But it's the truth. Like we're all still trying to figure shit out. Yeah. And no one really is perfect. But that's why I like people showing up more raw yeah. because it's relatable, and people like you aren't scared to just. Throw that out there and be like, "Look, this is how it is, right? And take it or leave it, kind of thing. Like, yeah. if you want to pretend like you're living over there in your perfect life, go ahead, but it's not relatable.
0: I know. I talk about. I just wish people really. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. But I do wish people were a little bit more forthcoming when it comes to just what's really happening,
1: right? I think people are scared. It's yeah. It, you put yourself in a really vulnerable place doing that. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. I was so scared when I started talking on a microphone and being like, I'm about to talk about my shit. Like, yeah. But I knew it was important because I'm trying to, for me, I'm trying to break that barrier within myself, but also for the people who follow me. Yeah. Because we need more of it.
0: No, it is hard. I mean, listen, coming from such an abusive childhood myself and a neglected childhood, it's like, you know, why do you want to hurt your mom and dad? It's like, I don't want to hurt my mother and father. We don't talk anymore. Unfortunately, I tried really hard to have any type of an assemblance of a healthy relationship. I took the high road. I ignore it's just, but it just was so unhealthy for me. And I was gonna get married. And I just realized I can't take this into my marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just the manipulation. and, And the I just was never, I kept trying to get this thing from them that they were never going to give me. They didn't know how to say, I love you. They didn't know how to say, it's like, I never got a B my entire life. Mm-hmm. I won the spelling bee. I aced the SSATs. I was in the paper. Not like, oh, they're great. I'm proud of you. You know, it's like forty some years old, still looking for that. Like, I'm proud of you. Yeah, this is ridiculous. So you how know, do you, how do you detach from that? So you know, I you know, I it's like I go to therapy, and I'm reading all these books, and I'm thinking like, yeah, I got this. And I was really scared to become a mom. I was petrified to become a mother because first of all I was told at 22 you will never have kids because you're cancer and then if I did have kids I thought I don't even have a role model I don't mm-hmm. know how to do this I'm really going to fuck this up and I don't want to fuck up these two like and I would cr- I cried a lot I had really bad postpartum depression not because I didn't want to hold my kids I I could not wait to hold them and love them because I was just like I'm going to screw it up yeah. I just know I'm going to screw this up and then it just sort of happened that I sort of just did the opposite of what I had. And then they just turned out really great. Right. And we have this really great relationship, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's, I'm still trying to come to grips with it. Um, I was saying I got hypnotized. Um, I have a new life coach, basically, because I think, again, that I figured it out. Like, you know, whatever, I'm 50 and good for them. God bless them, whatever. But there is something still inside me. Mm -hmm. I know that is holding on to this pain, right? And it's manifesting itself in different ways. Yeah. And and it's got to stop. Like, I'm like, this is it. It's got to stop. And so just going back and reparenting yourself mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. It's like regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Giving myself everything that they weren't and they are not. I'm not saying they're bad people. They, when you know better, you do better. They just didn't know. Right. My yeah. dad was an alcoholic. He's just a raging alcoholic. And he just didn't know that you know, breaking your kid's nose at three was not the right thing to do. You know, it's like it happens. And, you know, again, um, he was just a rough guy that ran with the Hells Angels. And I had a really weird kind of upbringing. I can only imagine. My gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But I have to say like, it's brought me to where I'm at today, so it's made me like the wife I am, and it's made me the mom I am, and I'm proud of those aspects of my life, and not proud that you know I'm spinning 300 plates to prove that oh my God I'm capable and I'm lovable and right. I deserve good things. I know that's why I put so much on my plate because I am still trying to like somehow get this Filled like cut back. Yeah, up. of course. Be like, look yeah. how cool you are, you know. But um, but I think that at some point you just have to kind of have some level of acceptance and kind of say, all right, what am I missing? And let me give that to myself now. And let me take my time to basically go back and sort of give yourself those hugs and those pats on the back and all those things. So I don't think there's one way to get there. I
1: just hope people try to get there because like we have a lot of broken people walking around. I'm not even sure what it takes for someone to hit that button to know that it's time. I I feel like I've been doing that for the last like probably year, year and a half of my life. Yeah. And it took some pretty big like punches to make me like sit back and do that. But once you can start that process, that's when you start being able to expand again Yeah, on so many different levels. But like you said, if you don't whatever traumas you've been through are just going to stick. Yeah. And they are going to like, they'll manifest inside your body whether that's
0: sickness whatever it is and then also I kind of feel like I don't know you're
1: always just never fully present
0: you know like you're supposed to just be fully present in the moment you're not supposed to be thinking about you're always
1: elsewhere yes I felt like I spent about a year of my life floating around right like literally I can't even really remember 2019 yeah it's so sad to me now. I mean, I, I look at, I give myself a lot of grace now, but when I think back to it, I'm like, damn, I just didn't exist. That's right. what it feels like to me. And that's, I'm, I'm sure somebody's listening. Like, that's really dramatic, but that's how I felt. Like I was not present. I was not in my body. I was just in so much pain and so much heartache. And I was so lost that I couldn't be present. And I was missing out on so much life and also not really like, looking at what I needed to give back to myself or where I needed to open up my eyes so I could make steps in the right direction. So you just checked out? I was so checked out. Yeah. Yeah, I was so checked. I remember there were days I would literally wake up with like tears in my eyes and I'm like, God, another day like this. I'm like, why do I feel like this? Yeah. It was so bad, but I couldn't, like, I remember thinking back, like remembering these days, I'm like, I don't, I didn't have any thought process past that. It was just, that was what it was. Yeah. But now, I can pick that apart and understand like what I was going through and and everything. So I have a lot of like healing that I'm working on and forgiving that part of myself that didn't know any better. Yeah. Was there
0: like a light switch? What happened just to get you out of it? Or was it just a gradual
1: realization?
0: Like, I just don't want to be in this shit anymore.
1: Well, I was in, I would say an emotionally and mentally abusive relationship. And I do take a little bit of accountability for some of this because I stayed. I stayed longer than I should have, but I'll never, I would never take that back because I loved this person a lot. I really wanted to make it work. I really wanted to see if there was something we could do to heal and to help. I could help. That's just what I do. I'm just that person.
0: Wounded bird. Yes. But
1: (laughs) I, you know, had the rug ripped out from underneath me pretty freaking bad. And it was bad enough to be like, I have to go. Like, I have to go. I have to fix myself because if this continues to happen, I'm going to slip right back down that slippery slope. And I've never been depressed before. And so the fact that I was operating at this low vibration was scary to me. And I'm like, there's no other way but out. And I have to put myself first finally, because I was putting this other person's healing before my own. Yeah, And I guess I would never go back. Like this person's also wounded too, going through their own things. I don't take this very personally anymore, which is so crazy that I'm able to say this, but I don't take it personally. And, but I also have practiced boundaries there and removing myself from situations and not being that person that needs to try and help someone else so much that it's breaking myself down in the process. Yeah. And what I found through this experience is there's so many women who go through the same things. And so it gets me so fired up when I'll hear about girls going through these things and it stems back to their self-worth. And it's not that you don't have any, but you don't understand where to start putting yourself first and exiting things that you need to exit quicker, which could have, you know, a really bad turnaround for some people. I mean, it's crazy listening to this, I realized like this, that was my
0: mom. My mom, literally, I was like, how do you allow him to keep breaking bones in me? How do you not leave? Like you're supposed to protect your children, but like listening to you now, I realized like she didn't know how to get out. She Mm -hmm. didn't have the
1: self-esteem. You know what I mean? She she just, well, and that's what shitty is. You always hear people like, I would have just left. I'm like, would you? Right. Do you, do you, do you know what that's like to be, I mean, I was, I've never been physically abused or anything of that nature, but your head gets really screwed up sometimes. So I can only imagine in a situation like hers where she's actually like probably fearing for her life at some point, you know, um, you're scared, you're scared as hell. And if you came from a background where you didn't have enough self-confidence, you do get stuck. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. So it's very hard to get out of those situations. Wow.
0: That's I mean, I've literally imagine. like held this against her for so long. Just mm-hmm. like, how did you not just leave? Because I think of myself, it's just like, but you're right. You know, I don't know what her mental yeah. state of mind was like. I don't know. I mean, I feared for my life, mm-hmm. but I was a kid. But yeah. I can only imagine, you know, maybe she just didn't have
1: anywhere to go or she didn't want to feel like a family. I have no idea what was There's going on. There's probably so many things you could yeah. like go back in. But that's also, I think a way of healing for some people to kind of go back and figure out some kind of it's almost it's probably really hard but to find some kind of empathy. Yeah. At the same time, I mean I mean I've had my that's really hard for me to do, but that was a way for me to start moving forward. Sure. At, at least moving forward. You know, you can't obviously like go back and change things or forget, but maybe you wouldn't be here being able to share the stories that you're doing now and helping whoever you're going to help if you didn't have these and maybe that was actually part of your path to experience something so then you could kind of further along what your purpose is. Yeah, absolutely. At least that's what I'm running no, with. for sure. I know I'm going to take that. And I'm going to go ahead and run with that
0: as well. I know I said, I think about it, like, Oh my gosh, I've lived 300 lives. Like the yeah. things that I've been through. And it's like, I was talking about a story about being on a movie set in Jamaica. And then, you know, I lived in India for a while and it's like, they, um, it was a religious holiday and we were supposed to film in Bollywood and we ended up moving the production and um, I don't know what happened other than I'm in this giant Indian princess outfit in the Alora Caves, and suddenly we just start hearing gunshots, and we don't know what's going on. And then we smell smoke, and we realize that our art director, who was from London, had just asked for a book, any book. He wasn't looking for a specific book, any book that he could basically sort of burn the edges and dip it in tea leaves to make it look like an ancient book. Well, someone handed him the Quran. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh God is right, and so um, basically, they you know the people there took it uh, not not, not well. so great yeah it's just like we would feel about someone burning our American flag and, or our Bible, and so they had pr- um, pushed our production vehicles over and lit them on fire, and they people were throwing rocks at me, and so I, it was sc- like it so scary. scary. But then I realized I'm like okay. So that situation, it's like, you know, all these things. I'm like, all right, so now I'm here. And I'm able to share with people, like, all right, there are so many things that I probably should have just stayed down. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, like, all right, that's it. I don't want to experience any more of this stuff. But um, I somehow, like, you just, you get back up, yeah, right? And you get back up for a reason. And then, you know, hopefully it's so that, you know, you can share these experiences with other people that maybe don't have the strength in that moment to get back up. But hearing your story, hearing my story, they'll be able to realize – I can get
1: back up. Yeah, and I strongly, strongly believe that there are some people that are put here to share their stories. Yeah. And it kept, I don't know, I just had something calling to me to do this for so many years. And I don't know if I'd be able to be the kind of coach I am now if I hadn't gone through those things because there was something that I had to learn. Yeah. some This particular thing kept showing up over and over and over again for me for a reason. And yeah. I think I'm just pretty stubborn. So the universe is probably like, okay we're gonna shake the fuck out of you right now <laughs> <laughs> so you get the message that is what yes. happens it whispers and it talks a little louder yes. then it screams it pretty was, soon it's punching you in the face and that was pretty much what it did yeah. and i wouldn't trade i wouldn't trade it now Yeah. and some like people who actually know like the details of like what's happened which they don't even matter to me anymore which is so weird i can sit here and say that because i never thought i'd be able to be free yeah and feel like un like untethered um but it These things do shape you and they always say like, you know, you're some, some of the things that you go through and share with others will be someone else's like survival guide. And I mean, that sounds kind of dramatic, but like for something like you, I mean, there's a lot of women who are in super abusive relationships who, who get stuck and just maybe hearing somebody's um, story about, or if they were a child of domestic violence and how they became something from that and they were able to turn their traumas and their pain into powerful stories and and help others because i think that that is part of the purpose of it all
0: yeah i mean i meet a lot of lgbt kids that basically just feel really trapped in their household because they don't have that support system and they don't have the love and they don't feel like you know they're worth anything their life is not worth anything and they're at that point where they just really want to jump off a bridge and they're just Mm -hmm. like this is it there's nowhere to go from here but i'm like no there is yeah there is because i had no support Right. And I was like, literally like my dad pretty much every day was saying, you know what I mean? That he was going to kill me and I believed him. Mm-hmm. And so, and just like the abuse, I don't know what it was worth like the, the the neglect or the abuse. I don't really know which one was kind of like worse. Um, but um, it, it gets better if you want it to.
1: That's yeah. the thing though. You have to want it to get better. And I think people get stuck thinking that they'll never be able to feel that. Yeah. So they don't try because they can't even imagine what it would be like to feel better. yeah. And that's on levels of like one through 10 of just like, you know, going through a betrayal or actually something like you've been through where it's, you know, that's catastrophic to some people, yeah. you know? So I think you have to take those steps to kind of uncover, like just what we were talking about earlier, like finding your why inside of why you wanna make yourself physically better. Yeah, There's something inside of there that's like like tapping at you That's not just about you wanting to look physically better. Like there's something else that wants to be tended to. Yeah. So taking those steps to want to be wanting to be better will help you heal all of those things and kind of like unpack it all and be able to look at it at face value and stop stuffing it underneath the rug.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish everyone could kind of find their why in every aspect of life. That's the hardest part. Because even career why relationship oh why? It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Because if you have that motivating factor, it's so weird. I started, I literally am full on homeschooling my kids now. They were in a 10 out of 10 public school. And I realized it's like, all right, they're just memorizing a bunch of shit and then taking a test and then they don't remember any of it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, well, they're not even learning about taxes or compound interest or any real life. I Lessons. wish someone would have talked. Yeah, about stuff. and so I mean, I literally took a Kit Kat bar and I'm like, "Let's talk about taxes." And I'm like, "Here's your Kit Kat, you know, Kit Like, you know, how much do you think the government's going to take?" And they're like, "One." I'm like, "No, nope. broke it in half. I'm like, "Here you go. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this is the way it works. You know what I mean?" And just kind of explaining, like, teaching them how to, you know, change oil, change a tire, cooking, laundry, just little things. But they're also, of course, doing algebra. And we're, you yeah. know, I was dissecting a shark the other day, which was just bananas. Um, and I, I have help, of course. But, you know, for me, it's just like, I want them to figure out, like, what do you really want to do with your life? Because I do
1: watch soul. They
0: need to watch that movie. (laughs) Yes. Because it's like, okay, so, you know, he he thought he wanted to code. He, you know, he knows how to code Minecraft. He he changes the weather. He taught himself how to do it when he was nine. And so he thought he wanted to do that. I'm like, let's exhaust that. Yeah. Okay. Let's not wait until you're 21 and you're going to change your major a hundred different times and think there's something wrong with you because you have no path in life. We all thought that. Let's work it out now. Yeah. Right. Let's figure out now. And that way, you know, you can kind of understand, like, what's going to make you want to get up in the morning, no matter how tough it gets. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect career. So is it owning your own business? Great. Let's start a business. You know know what I mean? My daughter's an artist. So just to have that. Why? Because I just see so many people that go after the money right? And they think like money is the cure of all and all be all. And then they get the money and then they realize I'm
1: still empty. This is my sister. She talks about on her, her own podcast, actually. Really? Because that was her big opening thing because yeah. she did that as like a survival tactic because she thought that that would always make her feel safe. It's money. Yeah. And then she got it. She has a six figure job and yeah. she's like, I am miserable and miserable. miserable. And so she started more passion projects. And that was something that her and I talk about a lot, because if you can't escape your nine to five, if there's no room for you to go anywhere else right now, and that's like your bread and butter and you just don't know what else you could do. I think a key to happiness is at least starting something on the side that makes you happy. A side hustle,
0: something that's just for you. Yeah. That is just for you. That's a big reason why I'm doing the podcast because like, look, I love real estate, really successful at it. Um, there are some clients that have just really buried me, you know what I mean? And I just thought, gosh, you have to really have something because if your main thing, like your pie of life, which your job takes up a really big, huge huge chunk, chunk, if that is really like not fulfilling you, everything else is going to fail you're not going to be the best partner. You know what I mean? Wife, mother, it it rolls rolls over over into everything. And so again, just kind of finding like your whole why and your purpose. Gosh, I wish
1: they could teach a class. I know. On that. Cause the world would be a lot happier. I know. I kind of wonder why there's not more of that, but you find that more as you get into your adult life. And now there's a lot of like, you know, coaching courses you can do. I mean, you hire someone like me (laughs) and take my course. Yes. But, um, yeah, you'd, I don't think they're talking about it enough at a younger age. Right, and maybe if we started to, it would have a rollover effect in a really positive way. Yeah, and a lot more, like a lot less depressed people. Yeah, like that I are just, looking
0: for their their. You know, I'm a great person because I have five hundred thousand followers. Oh my god, it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so bad it never used to be like that in my industry it was interesting it was like you either were right for the job or you weren't it wasn't and then at the very end of my career it was oh, can you fill in how many back then it was like myspace <laughs> you're like myspace twitter you know were the big ones and I'm like why does that matter
1: like that yeah. doesn't but it does it, like I understand the reach like yes. I get it from a business perspective they want somebody who can reach an audience and that's just like how you would pick the magazine you'd want your ad in because it has more reach of people. So I get it, but it's now attached to like a personal level. Right. So it fucks with people's heads. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's also kind of stupid now because you can just buy your followers. It's so like the we number is so about The numbers not even real. It's so dumb. <gasps> yeah. But I, I understand from a business perspective, they want people who can reach a certain demographic of people and whatever. Like if you came to me, they're like, okay, she probably has a lot of girls who are into fitness and whatever. Right. And probably a lot of creepy guys that just want right. to, her. Her. <laughs> her <butt. laughs> but so, so I get that. But from the creator's standpoint, you really have to be able to stand true, stand like strong in your truth and like what you're doing, or you're gonna get lost in it too. Yeah. And that's probably the only reason why I'm able to have a healthy relationship with social media now is because I know exactly why I'm showing up on it. Right, it's for you. It's for me, it's for me and it's for my clients. And it's to share my journey and to be able to look back on it and inspire people. But if you're just doing it for no reason, or you're just trying to like, you know, thirst Best trap life all day ever. or whatever, <laughs> or, or yeah, or, make, or like make yourself out to be something that you're not, right. you're going to be so much emptier. Yeah, it's so funny. I was actually, I was
0: up for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't live in Beverly Hills. We, we lived in La Canada. We don't live there. No, <laughs> I just bought a ranch. But um, but uh, they kept asking, they, they kept filming me, and they were asking me all these questions. And like, well, you know, when you're on Rodeo, you know, like, you know, what store will you stop? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, my water broke at Target. <laughs> so i like... <gasps> I'm like, um, oh. and like, you know, like when you and the girls, like, you know what I mean, know. take the rolls out and, you know, you go to lunch, you know, it's on Brighton way. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? It's it just was so disingenuous. And I finally just had to say, it's exhausting. I cannot keep up this farce. It's not who I am. I'm not that person that, you know, goes to the store with makeup on. Um, I have makeup on today. Obviously, we're filming. Yeah. But, you know, I don't. I like flats and I like jeans and I'm just, I was raised on a farm in Illinois
1: and you just are not going to take that out of me, you know, kind of a thing. But I got stuck in that at one point too. I had some people telling me when I started social media, like, well, you take more like fashionable photos, Christina, or like put your like Louis bag in the photo. I'm like, but that's not, right how I'm I'm literally wearing freaking leggings and Nikes and like a flannel around my waist like every other day so why am I going to try and put that out there if that's not actually what I want to represent because that's not how I walk around with life but people get caught up in what they think they need to show up as right and that's when you start losing yourself yeah so I don't know I just wish more people could like fall back into that but I I I get that it's really hard
0: yeah, I'm just hoping, like literally, like for me, I hope there's more parents out there like me that show their kids Photoshop, show that it's not real. Oh, um, God, that makes me so nervous. Yeah, and they they really understand. I know it's my daughter said to me, you know, the other day because she loves running, and she goes, you know, Mom, I love my body, and oh, I, that's I the best. Literally. <laughs> I inside I was I was gushing bawling because I she she wouldn't understand why I wanted to cry. But just the fact that she has such a strong sense of self. That's huge. It's huge at 12 years. Because there's
1: there's girls out there that are now going to their parents and thinking that they need lip injections at 14. Yeah. You know or you know. Oh, I mean, it just—it breaks my heart so bad because I know how much I struggled in high school when this stuff is wasn't even around. Right. Like I wanted a nose job so bad when I was a kid because I had broke my nose, uh. I had a bump, people made fun of me all the time. Yeah. I wound up doing it, of course. Like, but as an adult, I I just knew why I was doing it. But I can only imagine now if I had been on my phone and I could have just like altered it, yes, how much more that would have messed with my head thinking like I need it to look like this right now. At, in life,
0: in real life, in yeah. real
1: life. And it would have been so hard. So yeah. I'm sure it's just getting harder and harder for the younger generation to deal with all of that kind of thing. And yeah. so for someone like your daughter to be able to be like, I love myself exactly the way I am right now. That is Incredible. amazing. I know.
0: I know it's, you know, cause they're preteens, whatever. So they're going through, you know, I got them the, you know, proactive, you know, it's, I'm not, they're not a sponsor <laughs> yet. <Yeah>, it's proactive. <laughs> Call me. Um, but, uh, because I know it's a good system that works and, and then, you know, something like, Oh, did you wash your food? No. And I'm like, do you, you don't really care. And she's like, not really.
1: I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I did. Right.
0: But, <laughs> um, and speaking of like, speaking of you know, getting ready and stuff. How is it? I've never competed in that kind of, I mean, I competed to become a WWE diva and do that. That's and obviously so badass, by the way. it's so funny, <laughs> but I was Miss Boca Raton for Hawaiian Tropic, which is hilarious. Cause I didn't even compete. Ron mm. Rice just handed me, he's like, I need someone else in the contest, just <laughs> handed me the sash to compete in the Hawaiian Tropic Miss Hawaiian Tropic so contest. Funny. But, um, how is it comparing? Gosh, it just seems great. How, how far out do you have to start to prepare for a contest?
1: I think it depends on the person and how much they need to grow or what they're trying to achieve for their specific division okay um my very first show i kind of shotgun prep and i just i just wanted to do it so bad and i compete with the with the wbff so it's a little bit different than like npc ifbb it's more model-esque i guess you can say um what does wb what does that stand for world beauty fashion fitness okay. i believe they'll kill me if i said that wrong but I sure
0: so that. it's more it's not it's more um it's is it the softer version of a bodybuilder i would say
1: so okay. the girl we the girls still look like bodybuilders yes. however they don't pose like bodybuilders we pose like models okay um it's just a little bit of a softer look as well like you won't see the girls super super dry and depleted mm-hmm. um a little bit harder in the fitness and wellness and figure categories but their bikini girls are super soft and we also do a different round where like the bikini girls will, will wear um evening gowns and the fitness girls will wear like theme wear. So it's super fashionable. It's almost like a pageant meets fitness, which was kind of eye catching to me because I've been on stage my whole life. So I was like this, I can wear like wings, like Victoria's like (laughs) sign me up and I can have muscles (laughs) at the same time. So the first prep was quick. And for me, I felt like it wasn't that hard except for the dieting because I'd been on stage before I've posed before I, I trained the gym. So all I had to do is follow instructions, but I can imagine for somebody who has no idea what they're doing, that's a lot to take on. Yeah, I've danced in heels my whole life. So walking down a runway is nothing, but some girls don't even know how to walk in heels. So it can be a lot of preparation for somebody who's never done anything before. I did one pro show after that, and we realized that my body was coming in way harder. I was just more of a fit, a fit for fitness. So we decided to train up, And then COVID happened, and so we stopped doing everything. So this show, I started prepping out 16 weeks, but kind of doing like a soft intro into it. Just because I had come out of like a breakup, I was very small. I was very stressed out. My cortisol levels were through the fucking roof, so we had to kind of reset a lot of things. But typically for a show, like 12 to 16 weeks is pretty Pretty average, I wow. would say. And how many
0: time how much uh gym time do you guys put in every day?
1: Right now I'm in the gym five days a week strength training and I have six days a week of cardio right now is at thirty minutes. So I'm in the gym for like an hour and a half, like five to six days a week. Wow. That's a commitment. But for me, it's always been such therapy. Yeah. And when I have a goal like this, I feel like I just zone out when I'm in when I'm in there. The it's like I have I have a mission I'm trying to accomplish and yeah. This year is so personal for me, especially with this competition and just everything that I've done for myself, I feel like I owe it to myself. And so I'm really fo- trying to focus even harder than I ever did in the past on it. Yeah, And not for vanity reasons, but it's because it's been building me back from the inside out. Yeah. Now that I have a healthy relationship with my body as well, because you do go through some weird funks, I guarantee you everyone's done this. I swore it wouldn't happen to me and it <laughs> did, but you go through some body dysmorphia Really coming back out of a show and into your, like your normal day to day. Okay. You get so used to the idea of what you're like shredded. Cause you can't keep that. I mean, that's no, hard to keep I up. mean, you can keep, you can keep a healthy fit toned Right. Body. And but still, to be
0: that shredded,
1: it's, it's hard. No, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way, but it, it does not into you because think about seeing yourself like that. For the first time you're like oh my god yeah, i look good <laughs> yes and so when it starts coming back if you don't like do it in a slow process you're like oh my god i, I feel fat uh, but you're not obviously yeah. but it, it it can mess with your head and it definitely messed with mine a little bit but once i started getting adjusted understanding and like loving myself yeah even in my times where i was like bulking or you know eating a <laughs> surplus of calories and i was a little bit more like curvier i started appreciating my body for what it was and what it was doing for me and Thinking about the foods I was eating and being thankful for the opportunity to put foods into my body. I was getting really spiritual with this, but it was like, it was doing, it was healing myself. Just like how you said, you can make yourself sick, you can yeah. make yourself better. And so I started focusing on different things. And then my body started responding better. Isn't that amazing? And I was like, oh my, like I've never had a butt like this. Like yeah. I, it wasn't growing because I was so stressed. Yeah. And I was so in my head. So yeah, I just focused differently on this prep and it's been such a rewarding experience and my stress levels are so low like yes I would love some more carbs coach send help (laughs) (laughs) but but it's it's been different so um the journey to competing can be a very different experience for For each person yeah for each person and each prep as well yeah it's it's I
0: cook a lot and so now like I started you know just now starting with this kind of you know Life coach, whatever he's going to be, he's not a fitness coach. He's mm-hmm. more of a life coach. He said something really interesting, which was he said, um "Really chew your food." And I didn't. I'm like, "How is this going to? I eat how, so fast. How's this going to help my, my like? How's this going to help <laughs> my PTSD? You know what I mean? Like, chew my food slowly." But really, it was just um, putting good food in your body mm-hmm. and just. Every bite, just knowing like what you're doing for yourself, exactly. instead of just like you're eating really fast, like we do everything so fast nowadays. Like, I know mm-hmm. for myself, you know, I'm like, Oh my god, I gotta hurry because I have so much to yes. do. It's like I go through you're the not store, I'm not present, and so it really talking about the you know, t- even just you know, meditating, it's like chewing your food really slowly, it just brings you, like, er, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, right into that moment. And I just feel like I
1: don't get stomach ache. I don't know. Like it's, it's just weird to me. Your body's responding differently. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that too, because my, I don't even call her a life coach, but she, she was actually a dance instructor who I loved and and admired so much. And I wound up taking privates from her and then she had shifted her business into a lot of her own spirituality during COVID. And so we did mentorship calls all the time, especially during my like darkest times. And she was the one who kind of brought it to light to me. She's like, you know, when you're showering, like think about the water cleansing your body, and think about the foods that you're eating and why you're eating them and what it's doing for you. And at first, I was like, "What? Like, this is a lot." <laughs> yeah. But she told me, she goes, "You know, when I'm on the phone with you, sometimes, Christina, I can even feel you thinking too fast. Like, wow. you're already trying to get to the next thing." Yes. And I was like, that like checked me a little bit because I was operating at this like high like functioning not even no it wasn't high functioning but it was just like fast yes. level and i wasn't taking that time to have any purpose for what i was doing with any little thing so now you know when i'm drinking water i'm like okay i'm hydrating myself like i'm making sure i do this or everything well, is purpose it's got everything a has to be purposeful, purposeful and i'm not though. saying we're not perfect like i just the meal i ate here i probably ate in 30 seconds and i could have sat down yes you know taken my time and and done that but you know we all run late whatever but As a whole, if you can collectively start making yourself take more time for yourself and appreciate the things that you're doing for yourself, that is also one of those keys to self-love and, you know, pouring back into yourself so you can kind of start loving yourself more and building that confidence back that you might be lacking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing, another thing that I really started was just living such a
1: life of gratitude, Mm -hmm. no matter what. You have to, even during like the hardest times, because that's when it really counts the most. Yeah,
0: and I did. I mean, I started reading more books and every single day I I write a thank you letter to someone. Um, No matter how small it is, I write a really beautiful- It's huge it's for me, it's, it's more for me than it is for Mm -hmm. them, but I don't know how they're, I'm changing their life. You know what I mean? Potentially. It's like just to be able to be, when you're grateful for the little things, it opens up your life for bigger things. Yeah. Really. That's for sure. It's so crazy. You're such an inspiration.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: It's been so amazing having you on. And, um, I know you have your own, podcast tell me about it tell I
1: do it was actually a passion project too but I've always wanted to do one you know two years ago I started doing these like Monday motivation videos on Instagram back when we only had like 60 seconds and I'd post and I always was thinking to myself like who's gonna listen to this like who really wants to hear me talk about something random for 60 seconds but it was getting a lot of traction I'm like okay this is cool people like this then I graduated onto IGTV and you know when I was in the thick of like my own shit, I really wanted to just like, start using my voice again. And the apartment I moved into had a podcast studio. And I'm like, well, that's, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's not ironic. No, it's not, it's not ironic at all, but it happened. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just practice. And so I'd go in there and I'd start doing little ones. I'm like, I feel like I have stuff I want to talk about. And not only for me, but I think people need to hear it. And it'll also help with my own healing too, by getting the message that I want to get out out there to more people and I started doing it and then Gio who works here at Sticky Paws had actually messaged me about being on his podcast and I ignored it because I was too scared and then I ran into him at my gym and I was like oh damn like okay okay universe and so I went on the podcast and then I, I came here and I was like man this is really cool and so you know he's like you really should bring your podcast in here and I was yeah. super hesitant And, but there was just that pull inside of me that told me to do it. And anytime I've listened to that pull in the past, it's been right. And anytime I've ignored it, it shows up. So I just kind of went for it and I called it fearless, fearless as fuck, because I wanted to kind of put a a funny play on it because I am not the most like fearless person at all, but I've started to live with more of a fearless mentality and understand how to compartmentalize my fears and use them as fuel and turn fearful situations into things that can be used like for the greater good So I started talking about just situations that I've been through and how I've built up my own self-worth and self-confidence, but then also bring on people who have kind of aligned with that as well, or who have been on that journey with me. And my goal was to have that kind of go hand in hand with my coaching so that these girls can listen. And I just got such good feedback right away. And I'm like, okay, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. So I didn't even really know where I was going with it, but I knew it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You just know know. when you're on the right path, you You, you just feel
1: it. You feel it inside. And if there's any bit of resistance, it's not right. Right. But you also have to remember that there's like differences between resistance of you, like just being a little bit nervous and like, I don't want to say fearful, but just like, yeah, kind of just nervous and resistance being like, no, don't do that. This was a hard yes for me. And it was just like that nervousness and being excited yeah being like this is a i'm, ju- I'm about to jump onto another level of my life
0: well you're amazing yes. i mean i definitely feel like we are kindred yeah spirits. I do too. <laughs> yes and um it's been a pleasure having you on and um i would love to come on your show if you ever It'd have time awesome. and we can chit chat some
1: more yes thank you so much for having me thank you mm-hmm.